Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Grab your Bibles. This is a Bible study. You cannot study a Bible without a Bible. So you're going to now I'm going to give you the scriptures, but I want you to follow along. And this will give you a little fun to keep you awake if you've missed your coffee or whatever. Now, today we are uh, looking at revival, prayer and fasting. Could you say that with me? Revival, prayer and fasting. Let's lift our hands and ask the Lord to give us a revival. Could we do that right now? Father, we thank you because our hearts are longing for a move of the Holy Ghost in these last days. And I pray that you will shake us, that you will move within us and let us see, Lord, what you can do in us, even us, O oh God. And we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Revival, prayer, and fasting. Now, I know this is when you get really quiet. I understand that. But uh, there's no need for it because I'm going to talk about prayer and fasting. And yes, fasting doesn't mean going and eating extra dessert with your meal. Fasting means you do not eat at all. You fast. And so we're preparing to fast. Now, we're not doing this to be, uh, to be religious. We're not doing it to be uh, super spiritual. We're not doing it for any other reason than for revival. And revival means that we are seeking God for lost souls and a move of God in our own lives. Everyone, anybody that says they do not need revival is backslidden. If you do not believe you need revival, then something is wrong with you. We need revival as much as anybody in this world. We need revival. And God wants to give us revival. And I believe we're hungry for revival. Can you say praise the Lord? Now, we've called a church-wide fast. That means it is a, a public fast. We are asking you to fast. Therefore, you must fast. Now, it doesn't mean you must fast every moment of every minute of this time of fasting, but you must enter into a time of seeking after God, a time of prayer and fasting. Now, it may be that you can do very little fasting and lots of prayer, or maybe you could fast the whole time, but your time for prayer will be lesser. And I'm not, I don't know what your balance will be, but there needs to be some prayer and fasting going on, and there will be prayer and fasting going on. You just have to say, you say, well, but I worked 37 hours that day. Well, then you have to figure out how, if you can get 37 hours into a day, then surely you could pray and fast a little bit. Now, of course, the amazing thing about fasting is you don't have to do anything to fast except get hungry. So when, you pr when prayer takes an actual, uh, you know, the Bible talks about entering into the closet. I'm not going to go into that. But you have to know, you have to go somewhere and pray. You don't pray uh, out in public, even though some religions do. They take their prayer, have little prayer carpets. They go out and they pray in public. But uh, Jesus taught us to pray uh, and, and to pray in secret. And we'll look at that in just a moment. To, to your heavenly father and God will answer prayer. So the churchwide fast is going to be this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, you might say, I can't fast those days, and you fast a different day, and so on. This is not, a, uh, this is not legalism. We're just simply calling a churchwide fast, and we're encouraging you to participate because I believe that prayer and fasting will uh, bring revival. Praise God. And you can go back to the regular slide. Thank you, brother. All right, so the churchwide fast is uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. We're going to have the, the doors open. In the evening, both Tuesday and Wednesday night, of course, we have church that begins at 730. We will have our regular Bible lesson, 
but it will, of course, be a revival. It'll be a time of revival. We're not sure exactly how we'll handle it, but there will be time for prayer, lots of prayer, extra prayer during the Wednesday night service. So Tuesday and Wednesday will be devoted to it. Now, <clears throat> there are ways that you could fast. Starting Monday night at 6, you could break your fast. At Wednesday night at 6, come to church, you would have already broken a two-day fast. If it's like me, uh, if I fast one meal, I'm starving, okay? I'm like, okay, I fasted that meal. Oh, where's my, oh, Lord, where's my next? You say, that's just, I, I don't know why it is. It's just always been that way. But I do it anyway. I don't wait and say, well, I'm going to be starving. I expect when I'm fasting, I'm going to be really hungry. Some people, like, I have a brother that says, oh, I'm on the seventh day of a fast. <laughs> and you're alive? But we're fasting. We're fasting because we are, and we're praying. It doesn't do any good to fast and not pray. So we're fasting and praying for revival. Can you put your hands together and thank God for what he's going to do in our midst? We're praying for our evangelists, and we're praying for our city and for one another and for souls. Now, let's go to the next slide. We're going to look at Matthew 17. So turn in your Bible to Matthew 17. You see where we are. Now, you'll be able to see this as well, but I want you to go with me. We don't have a lot of scriptures. You're not going to, your fingers are not going to fall off. Just, just turn with us this time through. <clears throat> so in Matthew 17, we have uh, the story of what is called the Mount of Transfiguration, or it's called the Mount of Transfiguration by Christians, but <clears throat> it was the the transfiguration of the Lord. And then immediately following the Mount of Transfiguration, then the, the glory of God had been revealed. If you understand what the Mount of Transfiguration was, they saw Jesus in his divine glory and deity, and, there, and Moses and Elijah appeared. And I mean, it was this amazing moment. And, and then immediately following, you had the story of the father whose son would throw himself into the water, into the fire, and would try to kill him. And so that's where we pick it up in verse 16. I, I brought him to thy disciples. Now, the, the King James word for the condition of the boy was a lunatic, spelled with a K in the Old English. So the father of the lunatic son simply means that the, this term was used to describe so I'm not going to deal with the lunatic, the word lunatic, even though many of you wonder what that, why would you call that? But that's the word in the King James, even though I've skipped it in the text. I brought my son or brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. So we need to talk about the cure for not being able to do what God intended for them to do. And is anybody here hungry to do what God wants us to do? The Bible said that he would give us souls. Well, we're not going to win souls unless we pray and fast. End of story. You're, no, you're not going to win souls because you're, you're rich and you got a gorgeous church and, and you build a monstrosity and, and they drive up in the most expensive cars in the world. That is not going to bring revival. But revival can come. And this boy can be healed. Praise God. I brought him to thy disciples. Hallelujah. Because I'm sure the disciples look back at it and say, oh, man, I'm so embarrassed about that. They got over it. They started figuring out that they needed to pray and fast. Do any of you know that in the modern translations, okay, that this is cut out of the new Bibles? Yes. So if, let's say today you are reading from 
uh, most, not every single Bible in the world, but most of the modern translations. And they claim, and of course I teach Greek and I know exactly why they cut it out in terms of the text. They claim that there are certain manuscripts that don't have it in it. Well, I know certain, uh, lots of things, that doesn't prove a thing. See, but the, now they are cutting that out of the Bible. So you need to always be wondering why people are cutting things out of the Bible, especially a Bible that's eternal. Hallelujah. So they, they don't like that. They don't want it in there, evidently. I, and somebody didn't, even way back in the in, in two or three hundred years after Jesus, I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. So Jesus answered. And now these little dots right here mean that I, and I'm, I apologize for my voice, um, <clears throat> This, these ellipses mean that I've, I've cut parts of it out because if we put it all in there, we'd be a long time. And, and we're not trying to cover all that. So Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation. Now, if that ever described a generation, it describes our generation. And you can resist it all day long. You can say, well, I want to be in. I want to go to church where I'm comfortable. That's fine. I want you to be comfortable, but I don't want you to be comfortable because of a false notion that everything's just fine. Everything's not fine. This world is getting ready for the judgment of God. It is a faithless and perverse generation. I like that in the King James. Now, I could retranslate it and, and, and explain it more, but I'm not going to. Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long... Shall I be with you? Everybody say that with me. How long shall I be with you? Hallelujah. I'm hoping that these words will sink in without us having to retranslate. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Or shall I suffer? Uh, well, let's leave it alone. Just say, how long shall I suffer you? How many can see that the Lord is troubled here? How long, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And then we go on to verse 18. Everybody say, praise the Lord. And Jesus answered, and I have to bear with me because I don't have a lot of voice. Sister French has zero voice. She was going to come today and go, how are you? How are you? And Jesus, so verse 18, and Jesus did what? He rebuked the devil. Come on, somebody praise the Lord here just a moment. He rebuked the devil. Jesus rebuked the devil. He's showing his apostles what it means to have faith and have the answer that God wants us to have. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and thank the Lord for it. Thank you, Jesus. He rebuked the devil. Hallelujah. I can tell some of you did not get to Starbucks. I can tell. He rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. So it was just that simple. And the child was cured from that very hour. Can you say the very hour? From that very hour. So, Brother Pace, uh, since it didn't say immediately, see, I'm going to assume in my understanding of what is being said here that it wasn't immediate. But from that very hour, 
he began, you began to see. Now, maybe it took a little time for him to wake up. I don't know, but it didn't say he was instantly healed. It said he was cured from that very hour. So it could mean he was or not, but it doesn't say that he was. Then came the disciples. Why could not we cast him out? Isn't that what we're praying for revival, Lord? Why? What can we do to change our neighbors? What can we do to change our children? What can we do to see our children saved? Folks, listen, it's a serious matter. Salvation is a very serious matter. And your heart is a serious matter. My heart is a serious matter. I need the Lord. Now, I could get up here. I want to be uh, all things to all people. I want to be good, kind, and wonderful. But I also want revival. I'm not just interested in getting up and and saying, well, we had church. No, I'm interested in having a revival, a move of God that stirs us, that wakes us up in the middle of the night. And God has been talking to us. Come on, let's praise him one more time. God has been talking to us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's talking to the church. The disciples came and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Now I want to dispel the notion that we are so good and we we ate our post-toasties and we drank our coffee and we are so sweet and kind that we have, that proves our belief. No, no. Your belief is proven when you pray and you fast. You don't say, well, I went to church 10 times last month. That proves I believe. That doesn't prove you believe. There are people walking into churches all across America that believe nothing. They have no touch with God in their lives whatsoever. In fact, they hate the things of God, but they walk into churches every day. I meet preachers every single week that say they do not even believe in the Bible and they're preachers. America's in trouble, but revival is the answer. The boy may be sick, but God is the answer. Hallelujah. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Yes, but we're your disciples, Lord. We, what have we done wrong? You haven't believed. If you had believed... You would have prayed. How many knows that they could not have prayed and fasted? Anybody with me? Is anybody with me? They couldn't have prayed and fasted or Jesus would have said, well, I don't know why it didn't happen because you prayed and fasted. He said, no, this only happens when you pray and you fast. So he was, let's say, let's say condemning them, although that's not exactly what I mean. Because of your unbelief, this kind goeth. Let's read that together. Here we go. Let me get the point. You can't read unless I point. Here we go. This kind goeth not out, but by. That's it. Let's ask God to help us. Lord, right now we pray that our hearts will surrender. Now, it's not easy for us. And sometimes we don't fast often enough. And sometimes we should fast for other reasons. But we are now fasting for revival. We are praying God for deliverance. We are asking you, Lord, to touch our babies and our children and those the devil is affecting, oh God. I pray for a mighty stirring of the Holy Ghost in these last days. Now, let me say one more thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
We do not have a promise that we will get to November 3rd for this revival. Anybody here you think you've got to November 3rd and it's a, it's a done deal. I got news for you. The Lord could come before November 3rd. Now lots of people don't believe that. But guess I want to show you somebody who believes it. I believe that. I believe the Lord could come before November 3rd. This is not a uh, pretense. It's not a, uh, just a bunch of words. Not a motivational, motivational something. It's what I actually believe. So we say, Lord, I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I ought to be. So we march across this church every day. Oh, Jesus, we need to see this city stirred. America needs to turn around. Oh, God, give us revival, Lord. The devil thinks he's going to make Sister French sick, and that's going to slow us down. But it's not going to slow us down, Lord. We're going to believe God for a miracle. We're going to trust God no matter what the devil does. Hallelujah. Now, there are a lot of folks that fear this because you think, well, oh, if I, ooh, if I get really spiritual, oh, the devil will come in there. Ooh, and they're all nervous about it. Here's what you need to just tell the devil. I don't care what you do. God is able. I'm trusting God no matter what you do, devil. I've got power over you in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone said to me, well, every time we do that, we start fasting. Everything starts falling apart. I just grinned. Listen, Hebrews said that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That's what's happening. That's what our generation is doing. Now, I don't mean by that that I want something ill to occur for anybody. I don't. I don't want it for myself. Don't want it for anyone. But I believe that God holds us all in the palm of his hands. Hallelujah. Whatever your burden is, whatever you're troubled with. Come on, let's praise him just a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. It's my unbelief, oh God. It's my unbelief. So you say, what are you saying, Brother French? Okay, now listen, listen. It's not another language. It's English. You show you believe by prayer and fasting. You demonstrate true belief and faith by the word. I mean, by the way, faith and belief in Greek are the same word. Trust and faith and believe are the same Greek word. They're just different. When you put it in a, uh, from noun to verb, uh, we, we, don't, we don't say I'm faithing. How many of us we don't run around and say I'm faithing God? No, we say I'm believing God. But same word. Same exact word. It's just we don't, in English we don't have an identical word for the verb. So we say believe, but it's the word faith. We show our faith by praying and fasting. Now, by not praying and fasting, we are either thumbing our nose at God or we are saying we don't need it. So if the world is lost and we're not praying and fasting, we're saying, I don't really know if they're lost or not. doesn't really matter. This is what a world does. It's watching far too much television and far too much worldliness and far too much loving of money 
And if you listen, if you can golf 40, uh, whatever, I can't even tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Someone said, you can preach like that because you can't golf. I, I represent that. I mean, I resent that statement. I can golf. I can golf. In fact, I like to golf. I like to golf. But I wonder about someone that can golf, 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 but they cannot ever show up in a prayer room. They're showing their unbelief by not praying. But the fact that we had a packed house at prayer meeting, I mean, we had a packed prayer meeting on Tuesday night and the Holy Ghost fell. I want to tell you, devil, you better watch out. This church is ready for revival. We are seeking the very face of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. I can always tell that I went too long when my computer shuts off. Hold on. If you laugh while I'm doing that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, it only, it only happens by prayer and fasting. Okay, now let's go on. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So we have to ask ourselves, do we want to bind the enemy Everyone say, do we want to bind the enemy? See, if you want to bind the enemy, if you don't believe in binding the enemy, well, then what in the world are you doing? I mean, if you don't even believe that the, we, no, we need to bind the enemy. Like someone comes up, I've got three PhDs and I'm smarter than God. And they don't think they're bound. Fact of the matter is, they're more bound than the dumbest person on the planet because they think their intellect is a substitute for God. They think they're so intelligent. I know that bones are in the earth and the bones prove evolution, and evolution proves there's no God. They're bound. They're not a bone on this planet or in this earth. That proves there's not a God because <laughs> there is a God and he's a mighty God. So if you want to bind the enemy, you've got to believe God. Hallelujah. And then we can defeat the enemy. Let's pray right now that God will help us to do that. Lord, I thank you for it. I pray that you will give us victory, Lord. Someone's believing right now for someone that's on their heart. Lord, to defeat the enemy in the lives of their loved ones because prayer can you say that with me? Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Ha ha! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I don't care what anybody thinks about it. Prayer changes things. When you pray, it changes things. Hallelujah! I was at a university teaching one time, and they said, Talmadge, we really like you. You know, you've got a degree in this or that, and, you know, and they were just really, oh, they were rubbing it on like butter. And, and oh, you're so this and you're so that. But you're so emotional. Said we'd come, wasn't here in Atlanta. Said we'd come to your church. Of course, what they didn't know was, 
We'd come to your church, but we'd like to send some of our professors to your church because you're so this and that. And they just rubbed it on like butter. And then they chopped my head off with the, but you're so emotional. See? But you know what you have to do when people condemn your desire to pray and fast, seek God and have revival? And Oh, you shout and dance too much or you, you sing too loud or you jump up and down too much. Hey, I want to tell you something, folks. You can't worship God too much. So here, and, and so, so I got to, the, of course, I taught at a university, so I got to where I would say to them, um, well, you know, they would come to my church and they would say, uh, well, this is so emotional, it's so emotional, so emotional. I got, and I said, Lord, what, everybody that comes, this is so emotional. So I'd say, well, what exactly do you want? Well, we want it to be like our Baptist church and our Methodist church and our Episcopal church and our Catholic church. I said, well, why would you want to come to a Pentecostal church and be like you're in a Catholic church? Well, I'm like, what, you want me to dress like a Catholic priest? Or, I mean, what, what? Hey, if, if people wanted to go to a Catholic, they go there. When you come to an apostolic Pentecostal church, you expect to feel Pentecostal. You expect to know it's there. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So I got to where I would say, and I said, well, I, let me, I'm going to come and visit your church because these were, you know, friends. They weren't, they weren't my enemies. Who needs enemies with these kinds of guys? So I said, well, I'm going to come by your church. And so I'd go by and want to get a chance. They'd say, well, we're having so-and-so. We're having a revival thing. And so I would go over and, and I would go and I'd come back and I'd say, oh, I went to your service and it was deader than a doornail. You say, well, that wasn't nice. No, it was exactly what they were saying to me. You're too emotional. I said, well, you see, you can see that we've made a decision here. You've made a decision to not move a muscle in your body. Because one of the churches I went to and this guy raised his hand like this and someone jumped up and said, call 911. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't do that. I'm kidding. They, that's, just a, that's just a crazy, silly thing. They didn't do that. And I told them, I said, don't you see that it's just a decision people make? I've decided I'm going to worship like the Bible says. I'm not going to let some egghead tell me I want God's approval, not man's approval. I want what God wants in my life. 1 Corinthians 7 and 5. Let me read it. Give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Well, that's old-fashioned. Well, so what? So what? The Bible says to do it. Give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And then Jesus in Matthew 6, see it there, the last scripture? Thy Father which seeth in secret. I'm so stirred up I can barely teach this. Thy Father which seeth in secret. That, in other words, that just means he sees everything you do, even though you're by yourself. He, I'm going to add that in, shall reward thee openly. So when you pray and fast, everybody say, praise the Lord. He's going to reward you. Now let's go on to Luke 2, 36, next slide. Anna, a prophetess. Everyone say, Anna, a prophetess. 
Maybe we need to say that over and over. Anna, a prophetess, was of great age. Now, the Bible says that. I can't say that. I don't sell to someone, oh, you're of great age. I don't. I'm not going to do it. Oh, oh, I see you're of great age. No, you don't do that. Anna, a prophetess, was of great age, and she was a widow, which departed not. I fixed that, by the way, and it's still in there. Which departed not from the temple. In other words, she was in the house of God regularly. Wave your hand and say, Lord, I'm committing myself to the temple of God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to depart from the temple. But she served God. She served God with fastings and prayers night and day. This is how the revelation of the Christ being born came to her because she was fasting and praying. He didn't come to somebody over there. Hey, watch this swing. Whap, boing. Oh, I just got a revelation that Jesus is going to be born. Oh, oh, hold off, guys. I just got a revelation. Oh, it doesn't come that way. It comes because she served God through fastings and prayers. Okay, let's go to the next. So she received, we could talk more about Anna, but I just, I need to move on. I will therefore, uh, 1 Timothy 2, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Everybody say hallelujah. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Clap your hands and say, Father, I'm committing myself. I'm committing myself that we are going to pray and submit to prayer every single day. I'm not going to let something. And, and, and of course, what this tells us is that the biggest thing that keeps people from praying is wrath and doubting. That's what's being said here, but we don't have time to delve into it. Now, let's look at Daniel. This is a, a artist. This is one of my favorites of Daniel. So prayer is the demonstration of genuine Faith. People that don't pray have no faith. They can claim it all day long. They do not have faith. If you do not pray, it's because you don't have faith. You say, I don't pray because I'm special and I'm rich and I'm the... No, no, no. You don't pray because you have no faith. People that have faith, they pray. And God answers their prayer. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. We can see them walk out of the hospital room. We can see cancer healed because God is a healer. The prophet Daniel, the Bible says, Hebrews 11, stop the mouths of lions. Daniel 6 and 10, how? Because Daniel prayed and gave thanks. Hallelujah. You know, you you can pray yourself into a thankful heart. You just keep praying. Sometimes you're so down and you don't know what your next steps go. Oh, I don't feel good. But you just start praying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When's the last time you said hallelujah? I don't mean hallelujah. I mean hallelujah. I mean you can pray yourself into a a spirit of faith and trusting God. And the, the lions had to, well, look at those lions. Look at them. They're like, <laughs> of course, that's just a rendition. That's not a snapshot. But, but uh, those old beasts were unable to touch the. The man of God. Why? Because he prayed. 
Hallelujah. How many knows that Job had a hedge built all the way around him, the Bible says. Come on, let's pray that God will give us a, a mighty hedge around us like Daniel had. Lord, I pray for my family. I pray for my job. I pray for, I know the devil has plans to, to do things, but we, we're building, Lord, you're building a hedge because of my prayer. You're stopping the mouths of the enemy, and you're giving me faith, oh God, right now. For that person, it seems impossible. He, ha, ha, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody that seems impossible is going to find God because of your faith. Because you prayed. Hallelujah. Now, I know that intellectually you say, I'm talking to someone here. You're saying, well, just the fact that I'm praying, God already knows they need to be saved. Why do I have to pray that prayer? He already knows. Or, here's, here's maybe even more prevalent, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing ever happened. Therefore, I just, I, I prayed. The Lord knows I prayed. And, and it's still happening. It's still there. You know what, folks? You need to pray till the answer comes. Hallelujah. You need to pray and let God bring the answer. Like Daniel did. Okay. Uh, we're, let's, uh, let me check. Let me check. I know I'm. All right. Jeremiah 36. Which refers to what I refer to as a fast before the Lord. Everyone say a fast before the Lord. A fast before the Lord. Of course, this is true of all fasting. I don't mean by this that some fasts are not a fast before the Lord. All when you fast, okay. Now, uh, I'm I'm just I'm trying to talk to your heart here this morning. When when you fast, when I fast, and I tease about starving to death. Of course, it's not anything funny about it. Uh. But when you fast before the when you're fasting, all fasting is before the Lord. Like I've been fasting so many whatever length of time, and then I'll go, Lord, oh God, oh God. I get very dramatic when I'm fasting. Oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm dying. And you know, and I really feel spiritual when I do that. And then I'm like, especially the second, third, or fourth, or fifth day. I mean, on the fifth day, I don't know. Oh, God. But the Lord sees. And so I, one time I said, Lord, I, I can't go another, I can't go another minute, Lord. I, I got to. I got to have a little bit of water. Oh, God, a little bit of water. Of course, I was thinking the Lord was going to go like a fly swatter. And I did that drink, you know. (laughs) And then I'd feel so guilty for drinking that little bit of water that... I'd start feeling the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and the Lord, you see, I thought the Lord was going to kill me because I drank a sip of water because I was the third day and I'm dying. The Lord knew I was thirsty. You say, well, you should do it perfect and fast for 40 days and never have a pizza. No, all fasting is before the Lord. You say, Brother French called a fast. Yes, I did, but you're not fasting before me. 
I won't know a thing about your fasting, except I'll trust God may see the effects of it. And I hope that God, I hope you'll fast and trust God and believe God. But this is a fast before the Lord, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Could we just lift our hands and tell the Lord that's exactly why we proclaim a fast today. Lord, it's a fast before the Lord to all the people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, that we may turn every man from his Evil way, oh God, hallelujah. All right, all right, I'm, I, I'm trying to, let me see if I can get that in. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, here we go. Now let's look at Jonah. Jonah turn with me, Jonah chapter, uh, Jonah chapter 3, chapter 3. See if I type that in right. Hold on, I'm looking. Oh, here we are, verse 4. That doesn't seem right. So the people believe. Yeah, it is right. Okay. And, and Jonah cried and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God. It would say they believed God. They believed that judgment was coming. I don't think America believes that. I think America thinks their televisions and their iPhones and their gadgets are just as happy as larks. But I've got news for you. Judgment day is coming. The Lord is coming. But they, Nineveh believed God, and what was the proof they believed God? They proclaimed a fast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this pastor is calling a fast because I believe judgment is imminent or pending, as we sometimes say. Judgment is surely coming, but the church can have mighty revival. The Holy Ghost can fall. Your children can be saved. You can see revival in your home. They put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. Now, grab your Bible. I'm going to pick it up there in verse uh, bu- 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 verse 6 here we go uh, 3 6 and for the word came into the king of Nineveh and he rose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes that's, that's serious stuff and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying let neither man nor beast herd nor flock taste anything <laughs> let them not feed nor drink water but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God yea let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not everybody say praise the Lord God is able to do it again in our day and we are thanking God for his mighty power let's stand together I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up don't get nervous I'm, I'm wrapping it up is not this the fast that I have chosen God says Isaiah 58 to loose the bands of wickedness will you pray that prayer with me right now father as we begin to fast and pray throughout the month of October I pray that bands will be loose wickedness will be affected to undo the heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke Lord I believe that the the chains are breaking in the name of Jesus. Pray that with me, with me right now, Lord. The chains are breaking in the name of Jesus. Salvation is coming and answers are on the way. And we give you praise. Hallelujah. Can we just love him? Come on, I've been kind of serious here, but let's just love the Lord a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We magnify your name and we give you the praise right now. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm praying. I've been praying all morning that God will raise Sister French up and she can be here tonight. It'd be a miracle if I, if I call her and she can actually speak and she has her voice. 
it, that, that alone would be a miracle. And I'm believing God. You know why? Because that's my wife and I love her. And I pray for you. But hey, I'd be worse than an infidel if I didn't even pray for my own family. And so I pray for my wife and I'm praying for you and we're praying for revival and we're asking God to do a great work. Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen.